0: I like death. I like death with sex. How about you, Casey? You like sex with death?
1: Yeah, so fuck up and die. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all in fight. I wanna kill everyone. Satan is good.
0: Satan is our pal. Hey guys, and welcome to Betrothed, a couple's guide to genre film. I'm your host, Chris, and with me as always... I'm Katie. And uh, sorry about the delay. We uh, had a weird, could only happen during a quarantine situation uh, thing this week where our air conditioner just went crazy and had we had to have an actual human being yeah. come into our house during a quarantine, which was nerve-wracking.
1: Yeah, it was nerve-wracking. We had to, you know, clean everything before and after and... Luckily they were safe. They were in appropriate protective gear and we were happy about that.
0: Yeah. Basically we had to use a um like window air conditioner type thing yeah, to a little keep a freestanding unit. To keep our um
1: to keep our dogs healthy and us sane yeah, and be able to sleep because the night. it
0: happened to be hot that week, but long story short, it was so loud that we couldn't record with that thing running. So Yeah,
1: unfortunately, nowhere in our home studio slash home could you not hear it.
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty rough. But anyway, we have a a fun movie this week.
1: I had so much fun watching this film.
0: So, uh this week we're talking about 1988's Brain Damage written and directed by Frank lauder mm-hmm. and um it was a lot of fun. You need to go watch it. It is on Amazon on Shutter. Mm-hmm. So, it's out there streaming for any of the services that you might already um subscribe to. Um and this one is essentially a um it's essentially an exploitation film. Sure. Wrapped inside of a kind of regular horror film. Mm-hmm. But that's not what Frank Henenlotter does. He does essentially exploitation movies. Okay. Um because that was kind of it's just really his thing. So to talk about this a little bit before we go forward, we need to touch on Frank Henenlotter and we're going to do other Frank Hindenwater movies because his stuff is a lot of fun. It's super gory. It's super mm-hmm. uh squishy mm-hmm. is a good name is a good mm-hmm. word for it, particularly mm-hmm. this movie. Um and it's kind of fucked up.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of fucked up goop.
0: But that's part of this whole grindhousey sort of exploitation aesthetic that he takes on. That's part um, of the fun. He directed uh, Basket Case and all of the Basket Case movies, which uh, we will definitely get to. Mm-hmm. Um, Frankenhooker, which is a big one mm-hmm. that I've never seen.
1: Me neither, <laughs> which it just, it, the visuals alone, just from the name I'm into.
0: And Frank was clearly, um, there's a lot of Herschel Gordon Lewis in Frank Hindenlauter, mm-hmm. uh, Wizard of Gore, all of those uh, movies. He actually directed a doc in 2010 called the godfather of gore about um Herschel Gordon Lewis and it's clear from his movies that he is he's a big you know exploitation uh cinema era person uh, in fact he's one of the people responsible for um pulling out and finding all these weird old movies uh from the 60s and 70s the horror movies exploitation movies softcore movies from the mm-hmm. these early days and and putting them out with um something weird video so Frank Kindler has been really involved in that, mm-hmm. um, still kicking. He may he's made a couple little things here and there, mostly like doc stuff. But he really it seems like a lot of his time right now is spent on um, something weird video. But uh, but it really shows in his movies, particularly this one in Basket Case because those are the only two of his that I had seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a long time since I've seen Basket Case. I don't remember a lot about it, but I sure. know about Basket Case. Uh, I also. That was the same thing with this movie. Now i I have a uh, a really I have a great copy of Brain Damage. I need to go through some of the special features just for the hell of it. One of the um, I think it's one of the Arrow releases, and um, I remember watching it up until um up until he breaks up with his girlfriend okay. in the restaurant. Sure, I don't remember anything after that. So there's a part of me that thinks I might have put this on and then fallen asleep. Not because the movie was boring, because I was just tired.
1: <laughs> sure, because life and you have a tendency of putting on a movie at two a.m.
0: I swear I had seen this movie before, but I, I don't know because there was a lot of stuff in it where I was like, "Holy shit, I forgot about that." Yeah, but um, essentially, this is a, a very New York movie. Very um, shot on a low budget, but really capably. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, I'd say the acting is pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's they do a lot of great things.
0: the I think the special effects are a lot of fun. I agree. Uh, everything is sort of on point as far as that goes. It's, yeah. it's He is very good at making as much use of his budget as possible.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of really great visual storytelling. And um, I would, I mean, my only real critique is, I mean, I don't need to watch somebody walk for multiple blocks. I mean, that's really... Occasionally,
0: I mean, a scene would drag on a little bit, but for yeah. the most part, this movie really kind of like it moves moves, yeah Yeah. especially the first half hour
1: it's about it's a about an 85 to 90 minute runtime and it um it it, feels it yeah it feels it but it it. it runs you know it's not you know a slow film by any
0: means no and it doesn't skip a lot of things it doesn't doesn't linger it is a very linear story but there are some time jumps in it sure um it's confusing as to what the time jumps are but it really does sort of tell the story of of uh of our lead character brian essentially the 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 plot of the story is it's it's a parable for addiction and drug addiction mm-hmm. um we have our protagonist Brian who incidentally winds up with a little monster named aylmer
1: yeah I'd call him a parasite
0: yeah he's a parasite and um when he injects you with his juice, you hallucinate and trip. But he needs to eat people essentially to survive. He so it's our a brains. it's a symbiotic drug addiction relationship movie, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make any bones about it. It's pretty clear from the beginning that this is a parable to drug use.
1: Yeah, they're they're pretty upfront about it.
0: Yeah. So why don't we jump into this thing? I love it. Okay.
1: Um. They first of all, I'd like to say that uh, we have Rick Hurst, who at this time was herbst. He has gone on to do plenty of soap operas. Oh yeah, he's the a The entire big time I was like, "Why TV do I actor. recognize this beautiful face?"
0: Yeah, every soap opera.
1: And he has genuinely done every soap opera. Yeah. That's exactly why. Um so we open immediately on the title card with
0: And I love this title card. I love
1: the title card because I love the electricity effect.
0: And the design of of the the the, the graphic design of of this is really really solid.
1: <laughs> it is. Um and I think I'm I like to kind of set you up what you're getting in for.
0: Yeah. it's so basket case. Yeah. It's a, it's a, the same kind of vibe. Like they did a really good job of branding this movie.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we open on a collection of old masks and sculptures intercut with some like anatomy posters. Mm-hmm. And we learn it's an old couple's apartment. Yeah. Um, immediately an old man comes home and he's returning from the butcher and he's pretty gripey. And our reveal is that it's brains.
0: So the their the character names are Morris and Martha. Yes. and I did not know that until afterwards. Yeah, I had to look that up. Um, and yeah, so he's going on and on about how he wishes that that these were these brains are too small for this thing that they have. Mm-hmm. They've they got to feed it. They miss their old butcher. They miss their old butcher, which makes me think the old butcher is dead because sure. of Elmer. Um. And then you see the brains. There's a lot of brains close-ups in this movie. It's there very are. squishy. Yeah. The amount of lambs that were
1: <laughs> There's a lot of very small lamb brains. A lot of
0: small lamb brains. they and they're uh I'm assuming they're they look like lamb brains. Um They're really they,
1: the easiest to get.
0: There's some There's some there's some times where I get to a point where I'm like, "Okay. Okay, enough close-ups on these brains." Yeah. But it's effective.
1: It is. Um It's a very
0: creepy opening scene too because you really don't know what they're they're talking about.
1: Yeah, you have no idea and the way she plates it is so reverent. Um Yeah, she's it,
0: she's, she's she's very motherly about it. She
1: is she's very excited cuz while he's upset that they're small, she's just happy as could be he'll love them as she's taking them. Um But
0: they both have a very um very creepy air of um, of um like PTSD about them.
1: Yeah, they're they're clearly living a mission because of especially because of their surroundings. They're genuinely surrounded by these historical artifacts,
0: and there is a very um, and very
1: questionable looking anatomy posters.
0: Their emotional state is clearly a very thin thin yes. wall. Yes, which is a really fun thing to watch creepy people do.
1: <laughs> yes, and when she goes into the bathroom to feed,
0: also they have so many locks on their door.
1: So many locks, and we later learn kind of why. Sure. But um, when they go into the bathroom, she lets out the biggest, longest scream I think I've ever heard from an old woman in cinema history.
0: 90% of her dialogue is screaming. Yes. And it's screaming like a toddler. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. She goes full on meltdown to tantrum. And
0: took a breath mid scream.
1: Oh, because it was she just wasn't done. <laughs> um and it's because there's water sloshing in her bathtub. Yeah. Oh I'm it. sorry, Elmer's gone. Yes. Elmer's gone.
0: Elmer's gone. They keep talking about Elmer. Yes. And there is an Elmer Aylmer thing. The char- the character is Aylmer. We yes. learn this later in the movie. However, everyone says it differently. Yes. And I think it's on purpose.
1: And I believe it is because even in the closed captioning, because I did turn the closed captioning on for this one, um, Brian, our protagonist, calls him Elmer, yeah, E L M, whereas uh, Morris and Martha refer to her, him as Elmer,
0: which is his name, correct. So
1: Elmer is kind of you're a nickname. Su- you're
0: supposed to be confused. You are right.
1: Um, once she is, you know, done with her bated breath. Mm-hmm. Screaming because she's just, I mean, dying in that bathroom. Um, we cut to a guy sleeping, and we learn that it's Brian. His phone is ringing. Um, Great gross eighties bedroom. It really, it feels like a twenty-year-old dude's apartment. Yeah, like it's a, yeah, I get it. mid
0: mid twenty single guy. Well, mm-hmm. dating somebody, but you know, him and his him and his brother live there, and it, it is it shows.
1: Took me a while to figure out that it's his brother. I wasn't sure if it was just a roommate or a brother. No, it's his brother. Yeah. yeah.
0: It, 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 you don't realize that at first, but exactly. we, we're just now sort of, we get this phone call where, he, where his girlfriend is trying to wake him up.
1: Mm-hmm. And the old couple starts frantically emptying every shelf they own. All they right, genuinely we, ransack.
0: We cut back to the old couple throwing their
1: entire apartment,
0: toddler temper tantrums. Particularly the uh, uh, Martha.
1: Oh, my God. Martha sobs and screams. And
0: slapping the ground like a two-year-old.
1: I mean, I think that the direction was temper tantrum. Oh, yeah. The way they throw things off of their shelf is like throwing their arms into cabinets to empty shelves. And she's
0: ripping doors off of things. (laughs) I
1: mean... I don't know what they're looking for. Apparently it could probably fit behind a baseboard. Yeah. It could fit behind books.
0: And the old man is ransacking his, his, uh, his anthropology collection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Mike, who we now are learning is Brian's brother. He's, Oh, he opens the door and there's Barbara. This is where we get to meet, uh, the person who's calling, who called. And six minutes
0: in, we've now met almost all of our cast. Yeah. Which is kind of great.
1: It is
0: the beginning um, of this movie really cooks. Like you get you get to know everybody. You know what you sort of know what the deal is pretty quick.
1: They hit you in the face with all of it.
0: They get it all out up front, which is kind of nice.
1: It is. Um, This is where we learn the when she wakes up, Brian that he's sick. Yeah, he's he's not feeling great. And And
0: not only does he is he sick? Like he has that look about him, like he's about to die. Like that. Like whenever you show somebody sick sometimes in in movies particularly like in the 80s mm-hmm. boy to make a healthy person sick they would paint them blue mm-hmm. and take all the color out of their face yep and mix with all the blue light this movie is very blue it is very blue. which is interesting for something to be so um, to be a horror movie in blue and I I really like that aesthetic I think the movies like like the thing is a lot is that way mm-hmm. John Carpenter likes blue a lot mm-hmm. um, this is blue for a very interesting reason to me so so i think this movie is blue because it's to mess with your mind um and to sort of convey that feeling that elmer kind of gives you gives your his Uh host of 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 relaxing and being calm Mm -hmm. and his voice is never is never creepy Mm -hmm. and it it I think that's why he's he's blue, and so whenever his mouth opens and it's all those pinks and reds in there, mm-hmm. that's where the menace comes in. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting the way it they plays set that great up. Great juxtaposition
1: yeah. to um, not only the inside of his mouth but also right. the brains we get to see.
0: Yeah, and so so all of the negative things become red at the mm-hmm. worst time which is I mean it's really simple stuff oh drop my phone it's really simple and it's very commonplace mm-hmm. but it's appreciated in a movie like this he also
1: does it very, very effectively and, and you notice it becomes more blue mm-hmm. as we become more addicted to the juice
0: yep yeah, it does and in, in there's much more stark contrast mm-hmm. at that point because mm-hmm. when we start to really see blood it really pops mm-hmm. against everything being blue yes so which is really
1: fun. I'd like to know how they made their blood because to make it look really red when you're shooting that blue, it's gotta yeah. be pretty orangey.
0: That probably was. Um, it's probably standard standard fare at this point. It in the eighties, they were spraying it on a lot of stuff too, and it was thick. I'm thinking it's corn syrup. It's probably it could they. This is probably your standard corn syrup thing, but they put a lot of color in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wakes up and he's sick. And and he's got like H one N one. Yeah, he looks like he looks like he's got the corona.
1: Yep, and Rona's taking him to town, but this is where the old couple start running around from neighbor to neighbor checking their bathtubs.
0: Oh yeah, and they run to this lady's door who is straight out of like two two seven, like doing her full on nineteen seventies nineteen mm-hmm. seventies uh, African American sitcom bit to and them I so related and I so related to it so like, to, too the hell are you doing? I was like at first I was like boy is she being arch and then I'm like no no if some crazy people came to my door I'd probably act about the same way yeah and, and then so so they go to her door and want to see her bathtub
1: yep um they I think they go to probably like what Two or three, three yeah. probably neighbors. So
0: Morris bursts through her into her door, causing her to scream at him, which I would have done a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, runs in there, looks in her bathroom. Nothing in there. They leave. Pretty they're like, clean. sorry. And then they go right across the hall to the next door. Yes.
1: They're just like, they're, they're banging it out. This is where Brian takes no... It takes him no time to talk Mike into taking his girlfriend out.
0: Also like, yeah, so... <laughs> He's all of a sudden sick that he can't and he can't go to the quote Sid concert. Uh huh. Whoever the hell that is. <laughs> I'm guessing it's supposed to be a Sid Vicious analog, because there's some great posters on these walls mm-hmm. too. And now I cannot remember for the life of me any of the posters. And I was watching it going, Oh, that's pretty great. Mm-hmm, oh, that's a good mm-hmm. one. And I don't remember now. But anyway, yeah, she he sends he sends his brother to take his girlfriend on this date. And this whole movie, his brother, is so ready to cuck. Uh, to cuck him.
1: Mike is into Barbara from the moment he answers the door. His motivation now.
0: in this movie is to fuck Barbara. Yes. To, try to have sex with his brother's girlfriend. Yep. That's completely normal. Yep.
1: Totally Not normal. wrong. Nothing Living wrong with that at all. Couch.
0: Totally fine.
1: <laughs> totally cool.
0: In no way is this strange and depressing.
1: Um, as they leave, it's revealed that the old couple lives across the hall. And this is where we see them writhing on the floor, foaming at the mouth.
0: And you think that they're dead.
1: I assume that they're dead. I assume that they killed themselves.
0: Yeah. And in fact, I kind of assumed that too. And I'd seen the damn movie before, but I was just like, all oh, right, they're dead. Right. And then I forgot. Cause I, yeah. I, I definitely did not watch the second half of this movie. The first time I saw it
1: clearly something happened. Maybe I came home and interrupted you. Yeah. I
0: don't know. Um, anyway, so we cut back to Brian.
1: Mm-hmm. He wakes up
0: and he got his first period.
1: Oh my God. It, it, he got a head period. It is rough. <laughs>
0: It's real rough.
1: <laughs> it's real his, rough.
0: His bed is covered in blood.
1: Yep. He figures that it's coming from the back of his head. And he, uh, after running to the bathroom, um, he collapses. And I love this like quick delusional laugh that he has and then shakes off. Yeah, there's um, a little flash of light after yes. he collapses. So
0: essentially the, the tripping part happens immediately.
1: Well, and I think that he's trying to... Fight and gain control. Yeah, he's fighting whatever's... He is trying really hard not to. He's
0: fighting whatever's going on in his head.
1: Yeah, so I have a theory that he was sick when this all started. I don't think that it was... I don't know if he was not sick before. Because did Elmer get to him while he was sleeping? Is that what made him sick? He laid down for a nap and Elmer snuck in through the bathroom?
0: I don't know what, what I... What I read was that there is a – supposedly there's a deleted scene because he has that cut on his lip from the get-go. Mm-hmm.
1: His lips like mm-hmm. split.
0: Supposedly there's a deleted scene where he gets in a fight with somebody and then gets that or they didn't get to shoot it. Interesting. And they shot this first. So they just okay. left it and never drew attention to it. So I feel like you might be right.
1: Sure. I but- just – I'm a little curious as to how, like, I I am able to put it together, but I'm curious when, since this is so linear, like <laughs> one thing we missed.
0: Yeah, like why did why does it make him sick at first? Mm-hmm. And I I wonder the same thing because they...
1: or how did he get Elmer? How did Elmer get it? Get him?
0: Oh, he just what's this? I want to know. He just the crawled surpri- in. Yeah, I want to know a- the
1: surprise attack of how he got.
0: I don't think that matters. I think I think what matters matters. more is to know whether or not. Well, it's I think it matters more to the character to know whether or not he was sick beforehand, because like Elmer getting in is clearly just he he escaped their bathroom somehow and got into his room.
1: Yeah, we're assuming he's using the drainage system through the building. Yeah. Um, but I just am curious. You know, the series of events that led to him getting into Brian's brain.
0: I guess so. I mean, if you're going to show him walking all the way down a New York street for 10 minutes, then they could tell him that. But honestly, I I didn't care enough about that, but I see what you're saying.
1: And this is where he starts having balance and perception issues. Uh, There's lights flashing as he crawls down the hallway and he crawls back into his bed and just like lays right back down in the pool of blood.
0: Just, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's imagine being when like, super drunk like in college He's
1: so fucked up he just doesn't care
0: yes that's what i'm saying yeah like you've you've had to have like puked off the side of your bed when you were sick one time and then just laid right back down
1: no not necessarily
0: that you puked in your bed but i'm just saying like there's never been a time where you set up got real sick because you were really sick mm-hmm. and then just was there was like, that nah, one time that
1: i had to throw up in my purse so i can relate
0: yeah that's i think what's going on here he's mm, totally. clearly fucked up
1: totally um, this is where Brian gets really high. He is clearly struggling and fighting the hallucination, but it is when yeah we
0: start to see goopy ceiling eyeball and then Windex water.
1: Okay, the Windex water and is I think so bad. It's I thought it was all so really really great. effective.
0: I thought that the the goopy eyeball in the ceiling, the way it starts to bleed into his reality, I thought totally. was done really well. And then seeing all that blue water. Splash up and slowly build and slowly build. There is a shot where it's clearly a green screen, and that's never going to work. That's the one shot that's bad
1: because it's sparkly. But honestly, it's the lighting on him and the way they wrote out and cut him out is is, just ba- is bad. Is, is 19, just
0: 1988 low yeah. budget? I, I think. I think on the whole, this whole scene is really effective. Yes. Um, and the way that it cuts out of it as it is really is really effective which, it just uh, would
1: have been a little bit less jarring if they had made the directoral decision to keep his arm on the bed and it was a straight line as opposed to cutting around his arm
0: yeah i guess so but i feel like that's just at this point that's super nitpicky i, I think that the best shot of that whole thing is once the eyeball has become basically a full eyeball mm-hmm. and then it cut back cuts back to his face and the water bleeds in over his face that's a really oh, really it's really beautiful. good
1: shot i love that shot and um, then, uh, I and then was we, a little confused by the the music on this scene cuz it was kind of like call me jazz vibes and yeah, so Cuz
0: he's fucked up like it, it's it's heroin right Yeah he, so, he's like speedballing Right so he's speedballing Right now I think that this is like his first taste of an opioid essentially mm-hmm. Um where it's but it's sort of all, it's also mixed with a hallucinogen thing like it, it's like you're trying to you're conveying hallucinogenics through the idea of sort of an opioid K-hole. And I think they
1: did a really, really great job.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they really I guess they, I mean they sold it. And then so he he wakes up
1: mm-hmm. and he's from like this trip self consoling on the floor in the corner of his room and he's staring back up at that light in the ceiling like, Are you a light or an eyeball? Yeah, waiting for it to come back. Um. this is where he remembers he has a handheld mirror and runs to the bathroom and discovers the hole in the back of his neck. Yeah, like you do. And this is where we see that the bathtub is full of water. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me is like, was he going to take a bath and then didn't, and Elmer got in?
0: No, no, How no, no. no, no. Have a
1: bathtub full of water? Elmer couldn't have turned the water on?
0: Elmer got him to turn the water on. So the whole the whole point of Elmer is that he is making him, and you get this through the rest of the movie too, is that he's making him do things that he doesn't remember doing. So if he doesn't remember uh, Elmer killing these people, because he doesn't, you know, in the moment he doesn't even process or register what it is, and that's part of the symbiotic relationship here. Elmer keeps him from all the bad stuff and gives him nothing but the good stuff. So I can assume that this, in the same way that he gets all the buckets of water filled up and changes the buckets, that that's all just Elmer Sure. Making him do it mid, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We just don't see it. That's uh, the way I read that. But I know what you're talking about. It. It is weird. But then, but I definitely made a note to think, well, he had to have, like, it's just making him do that.
1: Sure. Um. This is where Brian starts talking to the person he just knows is there. Um, and this is where we get to see the first sh- the shape appear on his abdomen, yeah, and, and I think this is him. because
0: in the same way that you had that question of like who turned this water on? I think that's exactly what he's doing because once he sees the water, he's like someone someone's, someone's here. here, yeah, it yeah. wasn't me, and it wasn't perfectly like that wasn't framed as well as I'd like it to have been, like occasionally something in that in this movie, occasionally something like that happens, where it's like I was thinking that, mhm you were thinking that. Mm -hmm. the 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 director was thinking that but is everyone else gonna think that Mm -hmm. so he didn't quite show enough there
1: well and it's it's just enough to where i'm wondering to myself am i putting in pieces am i filling in gaps myself or on purpose like am i supposed to be filling in those gaps or am i just doing it because i am just trying to fill in the gaps
0: and in this case you're you're on that wavelength the same wavelength he wants you to be on but i don't think he outlined Mm -hmm, it well enough
1: Mm -hmm, um and after this abdomen snake twists around his body under his shirt which was a really great yeah every time
0: they have the 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 creature slide around under his clothes it looks really awesome it
1: really does um the tentacle shape comes out from the back of his neck and just says hi
0: so the voice of Elmer.
1: He sounds so goofy in this very first little bit. It's he t- but
0: delightful. he sounds that way through the whole thing. I love the voice of Elmer. And if I could pull up my links within my notes, I could tell you more about it. Um, <laughs> at this point, he he, we, we first meet Elmer, and this is the whole... Like, I'm waiting for this character to explain to me how dinosaurs come from... Um, mosquitoes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. trapped in amber
1: yes yes he is the culmination of the dino dna that walks you through uh jurassic park and the little like paperclip from word that we all remember from the 90s yeah from microsoft 98 clippy was that his name yep clippy the paperclip um, and he's really fun and it's, it's a great, it's not, it's almost a caricature voice.
0: Now, okay. So the actor that, that does his voice is John Zacherly. And I would love to do uh, an episode or maybe a mini episode on John Zacherly. He, I, 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 when I saw him in the cast list, I was like, oh, I know that guy. Mm-hmm. He is one of the OG, um, horror movie hosts, mm-hmm. uh, Philadelphia horror movie host. So in the Elvira vein before, before that, you know. And now I guess the only one left is Svingooly, and that guy, that that weird guy, has been doing this for a million years. Sure. Uh, now it's on like me TV. Um, he did uh shock theater, and he was on, and he had his he has done little shows. A lot of it was WCAU and WABC. Mm-hmm. Uh, he grew up with Dick Clark. He was a big, he was a, okay. a really close friend of of Dick Clark, and um, did a lot of stuff with him. He he did some radio stuff, you know, cause that voice is very distinct. It is. Um, so I'd like to do a whole episode on him, but I, I really like it because it is so, uh, you know, the voiceover, the narrator in uh, Jurassic park. And that is super effective for a character that's supposed to be very calming. Mm-hmm. I wrote down like at one point when he's having the whole, the first initial chat with him, I kept thinking like, this is like the most fucked up, um, TV movie you could ever do in, in like, the Wonderful World of Disney, mm-hmm. like yes. you could, you could very easily transpose this into like a really fucked up made for TV Wonderful World of Disney Sunday Night movie. Yes, like a, like a like this a, is like a, a, a bizarre Lizzie world McGuire version.
1: gone bad.
0: Not even Lizzie McGuire. I mean, I'm talking about more like those old school, uh the old school Disney stuff where it would be like uh, somebody explaining to you like math. Our physics, and then it would Uh take you into this whole other world of, come Mm -hmm. with me, young Mm -hmm. fella. Like, that's the way this whole thing plays out. But it's about drug addiction.
1: Right. This is really a PSA of don't do drugs, because um, the penis monster will get you addicted and make you do bad things. He
0: does look like a dick and balls.
1: He really does. Um, Which might be on purpose. We'll see. We'll get there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love what we cut to, because... We immediately cut after this hilarious hello to uh, Brian kneeling with a bucket of water with Elmer in it on his bed. And they're just chatting. And they kind of start negotiating. Um, Elmer will show Brian the light if he takes him for a walk. Right. Um, Elmer's hungry and he convinces Brian to put him um, in his neck. Yeah. Just put
0: me on the back of your neck. Yeah. And he does. And... Elmer feeding is horrifying. The design of this creature is brilliant. It's super simple. And what they've done here is create something that is both goofy looking. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be... And it looks really malicious. But at the same time, it looks really tame.
1: But also kind of horrifying. Like, it's
0: gross and creepy. But the eyes make it look like... Goofy. Okay, well, it, its eyes and its voice are one thing. So maybe it's not as scary as it looks, right?
1: And then its and then jaw it detaches. Yeah.
0: So they set up this awesome mechanism that slides the the jaw piece yeah. down and everything inside there comes out like a pop-up book yes and it's like little hooks and stuff and needles and that, that juxtaposition is genius
1: see to me the little hooks look there's these little like white hooks that i can't just tell if is uh his you know teeth or what they are because they're kind of wiggling and they look like maggots to me
0: yeah but they're all sharp they're and all they can sharp and we find out later he can chew through uh the cranium of a human being.
1: Yes. Um, and so this is the first time we actually get to see Elmer probing the back of Brian's neck and injecting a blue liquid onto Brian's brain.
0: And they milk this shot; they do it a lot. I, I actually think this is a really effective use of that that shot. It is to to poke through into the brain tissue and then squirt the stuff. Like it's a really good storytelling technique as far as effects go, because you get a lot in that.
1: It is, and this causes a literal jolt of electricity and. Brian acts like he's getting a blowy. This is so euphoric for him. <laughs> he's just he is happy as can be. Um, and then the next thing we know, Mike and Barbara are back home, and Mike's being all flirty and touchy. And they yeah, Mike find is the-
0: super ready to have sex with oh, his uh, brother's girlfriend. I want to reiterate up. that that we're <laughs> we're really ready for that. And they can't find Mike or they can't find Brian. Brian's
1: gone. His bed is made. Yep. I like the touch of making his bed because you know, if you're sick, you're not making your bed. If you just like, they're like, I guess he's feeling better. Clearly. And this is where we get to see Brian real high. He is running down the sidewalk, having
0: a grand old time.
1: Oh, he's just elated. And then he finds this junkyard and I like this third person kind of like POV where we reveal the electric light show that he is seeing.
0: This is where it starts to become the best '80s music video.
1: Yes, he turns into a total woo girl.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it is over the top, and I've heard. You know what? It's funny because, like, do you remember when we were when when you and I lived in Addison uh, with our friend Sydney, mm-hmm. and um,
1: we were in our early twenties in, in Addison, Texas,
0: in this area where a lot of young people were living at the time. Yes. Um, you know, there's bars all around there and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there was one night we found that guy who was on I think he was on Molly.
1: He was on something. We heard a weird, we were, kind of. it would have been Molly.
0: It would have been like legit. Like, uh, um,
1: like Purim DMA or ecstasy. It would have been ecstasy at the time as well. Like it was
0: legit. Like the time period of the world, it would have have been ecstasy.
1: ecstasy. (laughs) Um, he was, he was making a, he was causing a fit, and it was freezing outside. Yeah, it was like it was
0: like twenty eight degrees,
1: and he was naked. And yeah, fully naked. That He's... is exactly how. And he
0: was maybe twenty four, maybe. And, you know, he was a super young kid, but we had to go out there and like help him because his friends were nowhere around, was... and he was just yelling and hooting and yeah. hollering.
1: And I was not going to let him into our apartment.
0: That was exactly what was happening in this scene.
1: That <laughs> is exactly sure. what was happening here. So, if you'd like to know what our early twenties was like, yeah. Um, Much like
0: a lot of people's.
1: Exactly. I thought
0: it was really weird because at this point we see the junkyard security guard. He hears what's going on. And this junkyard guy is strangely... Okay, he has a full uniform and mm-hmm. hat. He is as so if, serious. As if he was a full-on police officer. And then he stands up and straightens his tie uh-huh. and holds a gun up to his face the biggest fucking revolver he literally
1: cocks his gun
0: yes right by his face like a full action movie this yeah. actor is doing so much
1: he's doing everything it's very strange and choices. he is so vigilant about these totaled cars yeah
0: he is a, i've never seen a junkyard security person like, so pressed and printed. Like, like, this is the West Point junkyard.
1: He is more <laughs> serious than any junkyard dogs you've ever oh, yeah. seen portrayed.
0: He's, like, military. It's really weird. He's
1: kind of terrifying.
0: But anyway, he goes out to find out what all this hooten and hollering. Yep.
1: is. Yep, he goes and finds Brian. And let me,
0: don't, don't get me wrong. There is both hooten and hollering happening.
1: Oh, yes. He finds Brian straight up just like bopping around.
0: <laughs> yeah, just just <laughs> he, grooving to he the music.
1: Is bouncing.
0: Cars are making all kind it of colors reminds me of like
1: when your mom when she tries to dance because she kind of like oh god hops yeah real cute
0: <laughs> it's 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 kind of that it's a thing, thing. No.
1: um and the security guard like stalks him like pray yeah. it's
0: the security guard is acting like he's never had to actually do his job before
1: <laughs> no and he is clearly i don't maybe he's having like a flashback he could be former military
0: yeah because he's straight up like um he goes right up to Brian, mm-hmm. fully does the freeze, flips him around, and c- starts mm-hmm. to cuff him. Like, he's like, he's like, how does the security guard have the authority to do any of this?
1: And he's... Or have
0: handcuffs and a gun that big. I know. And he's. And a, sees... I can't get over the costume.
1: He sees Brian, like, awestruck by this car with, like, this cool spider webbing effect where they take the brakes in the glass, like, neon, and flash it yeah. different neon colors he can tell that this dude is high. It's very
0: clear that he's dealing with someone who's fucked up and docile. Brian yes. is not even like aggressive or anything. And he immediately goes in. Within mm-hmm. his personal space and puts him on his back. Mm-hmm. That is the last thing you would do as a security guard. At that point, you it would is. keep your distance and be like, yep. "Get the hell out of here." Yep. And as point we, you point the gun.
1: We are aware security guards a don't have guns.
0: Well, some of them do in these they situations. They stay
1: hundred feet away on their segways and they call for backup. <laughs>
0: okay. Yes, those type of security
1: guards. <laughs> um, Downtown
0: Los Angeles district security people certainly only yeah, don't have
1: weapons. Yeah, yeah.
0: This is a private junkyard, so, so I'm not entirely shocked. Yes, after a big this gun. <laughs>
1: private police officer, so weird. He pats Brian down. Elmer leaps and like attaches under the security guard's because the security
0: guard starts patting him down and feels the big bulge and is yeah. like, "What's that?" Yeah, which is not sexual. However, it looks sexual.
1: It does, and I'm. I'm not a I'm I'm not against it. I mean, I'll try anything <laughs> well, twice.
0: Well, this is, yeah, like you said, where this is where the, the bulge comes out and squarely latches on. So the first time we get to see a kill.
1: I mean, it's like a unicorn horn.
0: Yes, and every time that's all I could think. So these people get a glued unicorn horn to their head and they sling it around for a long time. And
1: it is real rubbery.
0: Everyone milks blue their death in this movie. And
1: oh my God, it takes so long for him to die. And... While Elmer is burrowing into this guy's skull, Brian's just like watching and like kind of giggling.
0: Yeah, because he just sees he sees flashy lights and colors.
1: Yeah, he's just clueless and he like he eventually like asks what going what's going on and if the guy is okay.
0: And this is where we see some great this horrifying stop motion animation of a a clay version of Elmer Mm -hmm. kind of crawling out of the forehead. So good. And then we cut back to a puppet. Where Elmer's telling him what's going on. Yes. And just tells him, you know, it's okay. Just get me. Let's get out of here. Yeah.
1: And he wants to get juiced again because the colors are starting to fade. And he starts talking
0: about being full.
1: Yeah. So Elmer crawls back to Brian and they they take off.
0: And he says Brian wants more juice and Elmer says no. Mm -hmm. And then capitulates because he knows they need to get the hell out of there. So he gives him a little more and then they head out.
1: And there, are, this is he's 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 you know giving him little tastes. He's getting him hooked.
0: Yeah. So at this point, the movie is the movie's moving really quickly, and this is the mm-hmm. first point where I start to go, okay. We're about twenty five minutes in. I'm like, all right, it's time for some new information.
1: Nope, you're not getting it because we're going back to the apartment.
0: <clears throat> but we kind of do.
1: We do. No, you're right. We do. Because things have progressed.
0: So so what, what I what I'm saying is it, this is a good thing because I'm just now reaching a point in this movie where I'm like, Okay, now it's time for new info and that what do they do? They cut you right back to his uh brother mm-hmm. and um Well and girlfriend. we don't
1: necessarily realize it, but I'm going to assume that a couple weeks has passed.
0: That's the thing. This is where they don't like there had to have been have been something in here that was um some sort of connective tissue that might have gotten cut, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, because we do cut we, hard.
1: Later, we find that later on. This uh, we'll we'll learn that the course of this whole film probably takes course like place over the course of like two months.
0: Yeah, something like that. Or it, so maybe it's, a little longer. It's unclear. I think this movie could have benefited greatly from even a title card, like or a little mm-hmm. you know lower third that tells me what the date is. Because or
1: something as simple as like a a visual device.
0: But that's what I'm saying. Give me a lower third that even even that just tell – that is just a simple visual for after you've cut all the stuff out and you realize, uh-oh, I don't convey time very well. Mm-hmm. well on one of these hard cuts, give me a two weeks later. You know, give, mm-hmm. me, give me something. Mm-hmm. Because it was really difficult to tell how long because none of the um, time changes. This entire movie happens at night. Yes. Like the whole movie happens at night. Yes. So – When everything happens at night and the environments don't change, you have no idea how long it's been. Mm -hmm. And the only way we know that is because when the brother and girlfriend come in, Mm -hmm. they said they talk in past tense. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So Mike is anxiously standing in the kitchen at the apartment and the doorbell buzzes. He answers and it's Barbara. And he explains that Barbara, or I'm sorry, Brian has been in the bathtub for three hours.
0: Finally, a drug that just makes you want to take baths.
1: I know. We need more drugs that make people hygienic. Um, And he starts showing Barbara around the apartment and explaining how Brian has changed. Yeah. This is where we get to see that... Uh, Brian's added like four locks. So he's got the whole the
0: the Martha and Morris Mm -hmm. lock situation going on in the store. There's buckets That's on the bathroom door actually.
1: They're both. His bedroom and the bathroom door have locks all over them. He's got the buckets of water everywhere. His brother
0: says he has to he refills like three times a day. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to the funniest scene in this entire movie. I laughed so hard. This bathtub scene with him is fucking hysterical.
1: Oh, it's great
0: because he's going. He's sitting there going like woo-hooing.
1: Yes, she's banging on the door. They like have a, a date. like a toddler. They're supposed to go out on a date tonight, and he's just having himself a little pool party. And he's
0: splashing in the in it's the tub. So cute. And then Elmer splashes him back. So yeah. So she says they're gonna go, they've got to go out on a date, and he kind of goes, "Oh yeah, I forgot. I'll be out in a minute."
1: Yep. And, and then, then she- right after that maniacal laughing because they're just playing <laughs> Elmer
0: splashes him and he just starts laughing hard and going woo woo you know and it's like it's like a it's like a weird adult version of that scene from The Lost Boys mm-hmm. where uh Corey uh um Corey Haim is way too old to be playing in the bathtub the way he's playing
1: yes it's like that it's really lip
0: syncing to music it's like
1: a toddler if you have if you've ever if you have a toddler maybe you have a, a child like a little boy who's like 18 to 20 months old And every day they get to re-experience the joy of having a penis (laughs) and like rediscover that. That's what this is.
0: It's like he just discovered his penis.
1: Yes. He has the joy and elatement that his penis can can splash him back.
0: Yeah. He is elated that his penis is now uh, sentient. And blue. And blue. (laughs) You know what? We don't always cheer our blue penises. We we don't.
1: But when we do.
0: So they go out on this date and honestly... At this point, I'm starting to realize that Barbara is the weak link in this m- whole movie. Yeah, character-wise and actor-wise, mm-hmm. I don't think the actor is very good in this. No. I don't know if it's because of her material that they give her, but she's not. She's not playing against any of the characters correctly. No, and uh, particularly Brian, her attitude towards Brian, her attitude towards Mike are very similar. The whole movie she seems put out and tired. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell if it's the character writing or just the actor because everyone else is fine.
1: Yeah. Everyone else is cool, but she's kind of in her own little planet. But Barbara annoys the but shit you know out of me what? in this movie. I can imagine it being difficult to be a woman in New York, living in New York City, working and hoping that your boyfriend was like going to propose to you and then you just went AWOL. I would have been pissed too.
0: Yeah, I, I see they what you're don't saying.
1: Quite, they don't give her enough. She just I not. Think that's poss- possibly part product of being 1988.
0: She's also just not a very good actor. No, she's not.
1: But that's okay, um, because I love this scene because as Brian starts to, t- to kind of try to tell her what's going on, like it's not you, it's it's
0: it's this thing. What me, are you on drugs? It's, it's not that simple.
1: Um, and he tries to tell her, and then Elmer kicks the crap out of him from the inside
0: yeah elmer starts to really fuck with him at this point and and he starts hallucinating midway through this trying to tell you what's going on thing because Mm -hmm. she clearly elmer doesn't want him to spill the beans right now
1: no he elmer wants to be kept a secret and i love the hallucination this
0: is my least favorite shot in the whole movie the spaghetti and meat brains grossed Mm -hmm. me out to no end
1: oh i thought it was played so well it
0: certainly was i'm saying that it was so effective that it disgusted me and i realized in that moment that pulsating brains might actually be my least favorite thing to see pulsate yep. on the planet.
1: Well, what's weird is that they were it was upsetting. They weren't quite like they were pulsating but also they were like
0: they were throbbing.
1: Breathing like lungs. They were moving yes, like lungs.
0: That's pulsating.
1: And it was well, but not like a heart.
0: <laughs> okay, either way, it you was know, they were fucking inflating gross. and
1: deflating. So he like looks down and every time he tries to tell her more and every time he looks down at his plate Another meatball turns into a pulsating, breathing brain. Yes, and the brains grow. They start uh, moaning and gasping, and understandably so. Brian freaks out and bolts. yeah,
0: he freaks out and bails. And and we joked about this long tracking shot of him walking. I think it's really effective. I think it's a it's a it's mm-hmm. sort of a tenet of New York movie making. It is. You've got. Uh, they're clearly shooting this from a moving car. Yes, that is just on the street, and I thought that was great. I don't think they shut the street down for this. No, nope. all of the people are kind of are real. Mm-hmm. So, so the shot is it's very long, and every once in a while, I think you can see the car that they're shooting from in the windows, mm-hmm. and it's straight up. I, I think it's just a guy holding a camera in the backseat of a car while while probably Frank and drives probably, and uh, and and they just drive down the street for a while, and it's such an effective shot.
1: And it's great because... But it is a little long. It's a little long. But I I know that feeling, that freaked out feeling of you have to move and you're just like speed walking away yeah. from whatever just happened. Um, So after we watch him for literal blocks... um,
0: And this is why... Okay, so this next scene is why I go, wait, 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 wait. I don't remember any of this. So at this point, after that tracking shot is this where my is where brain it. completely lost it because now he runs into um
1: this is where he first gets his bit of withdrawals
0: yep he 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 hits an alley with Mm -hmm. a homeless man Mm -hmm. and i'm afraid he's gonna kill that homeless man
1: i am great fake out they don't kill the homeless man drinking there's
0: a couple of really good fake outs in this movie Mm -hmm. and they did it they they really it. he he sets it up well and pays it off really well Mm -hmm. and this payoff is upsetting uh, and so he sees across the way as he gets his next shot of, mm-hmm. of juice, mm-hmm. he looks up and sees a neon sign that says hell. Yes. So there's, there's some, some. And it's red. thinly veiled metaphor. This
1: is our first, like, other than Elmer's mouth. This is the first, like, real shot of red. You're getting slapped in the face. with.
0: Yeah, you see the red, and you're you know that the tone is about to shift. Mm-hmm. So we go into this this what turns out to be a goth punk club called yep. Hell, and I love this place.
1: Oh my God, it's so great. I love the people here. I love the music. This it's is, fabulous. This is why child me had an obsession with New York. Now,
0: um, the other thing that that we should speak on as we as we look at this. The, this movie to you seem a little bit like out of its own time. So this movie came out in 1988. Doesn't this movie feel like, like 1982, 83?
1: It does. It feels earlier than that. I would guess that this was really more like 1984.
0: That's kind of how it felt. And what's weird about that is that doesn't – so that is a def, there's a definite hard difference between – like the late 80s like uh the late 90s and mm-hmm. the early 90s mm-hmm. but when i think about it most of the 80s was there in my head is very much one note until the late 80s like the, like when this movie came out sure and i think that's because i was born in 1986 and so the earliest the only 80s memories i have would be like 89 late 88 mm-hmm. very briefly you know, yeah. fleeting memories as like a three year old that you just have flashes mostly of mostly
1: from photos and stories and things that have stuck because of those, you know.
0: So I wonder if that is what I'm re- what I'm feeling about that or 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 you know, because it does seem like um it does seem like it's it's not quite as late in the eighties as it's playing. It seems like it's nineteen eighty two, ninety three. It seems like a, the era well, it, a it, different era a different part of the earlier era.
1: Earlier than Ferris Bueller's Day Off for right. example but it also doesn't But it's almost seem,
0: 1990.
1: I know. But knowing it was probably what filmed in 87. Yeah, you're totally right. 86 and it was in a, probably a cheaper part of New York, not as well,
0: newly developed. I it, that's another thing too. I think it's a lot about I think it's it's a it's a commentary well, you really look at it as New York in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Because New York in the eighties was a horrifying place. And
1: it was a standstill. There wasn't a lot of development going on.
0: Well, yeah, it was it was a horrifying, disgusting place. And then New York in the nineties, I I think began its transitional period. Mm-hmm. Um, but you I think that the reason that it's it looked that way is because New York in the eighties sort of stays the same visually. It really does. And and uh, so I thought that was interesting. But anyway, we go into this this goth club. And this band is playing. Mm-hmm. And I'm genuinely trying right now to figure out who this band is. Because I think this is a real band.
1: Oh, really? I love, I really love um, not only the, the extras and the people they have bopping around this club. But this girl who he this catches girl, her eye. Okay,
0: first of all, she is so perfect for this character. Yes. She's kind of hot, yep. kind of disgusting. Yep. Like kind of hot, kind of gross, trashy mm-hmm. sort of... Uh, too many cigarettes too much whiskey mm-hmm. but you would definitely have hooked up with her at a bar she's already in leathers in case you have a bike oh yeah big old jugs pushed up to her to her yep. throat she's wearing I a mean, collar
1: it's... as opposed to a choker <laughs> she is she's, just, she's that girl and she's thoroughly entertained about how high he is Yes, she immediately notices him, and she's de- de- this he's is cute. definitely
0: a a club kid sort of thing like mm-hmm. she she thinks that like okay, this guy knows how to party. it's that traditional eighties mm-hmm. party vibe, mhm oh I remember now hang on the uh, in, in early in the movie when Brian wakes up and he's got his period for the first time mm-hmm. the poster I was referencing was he's got a slayer raining blood uh, poster on the wall
1: that's amazing that's so perfect. it's really
0: it's really just a, a funny you know on the nose kind of hat on a hat thing
1: so this girl and Brian sneak off to go make out and he's tripping Balls. Oh, yeah. Um. They go from the hallway of the back of this grungy club by the bathroom to um what looks like a, a boiler room. Mm-hmm. Um, and she totally grabs at his dick and is like, mmm. Feels like you got a real monster in there. Yeah. And I'm, it's clearly <laughs> Elmer.
0: I feel like it, part of me feels like he wrote this whole movie around that line.
1: I think they came up with this bit and then wrote the movie (laughs) like this this
0: bit is much so she goes down there and unzips his pants and Uh we have a very graphic very slow uh about to have a blowjob and then elmer slow approach blows through the hole in his fly into her mouth
1: into her mouth and then brian grabs the back of her head yes and starts skull fucking her and she's effectively deep throating elmer
0: yes and they show it from Mm -hmm. the side Mm -hmm. so many times and there's like drips coming off of elmer like yep it is real rough Yep, i think it's extremely effective but i do and i and i i think it's a great gag right no no pun intended
1: hilarious for our adult viewers
0: however it is a little too graphic it is this is one of the first shots in a a lot of movies i've seen where i'm like man they linger on this too much they do and And
1: i had enough time to think um that's why they made elmer so veiny
0: oh yeah no he's a dick the whole literally it's a it's a it's all penis Mm -hmm. but this is part of the whole Frank Henneman, being an exploitation person, mm-hmm. all that sex exploitation cinema. There's a lot of rape, revenge, uh, mm-hmm. just grossness. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of gross out to gross out. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was rough. So he, so so she basically is deep throating uh, Elmer, uh, and they they and show it for a long time. He's grabbing the back of her head, slamming her head down, mm-hmm. and then when Elmer pulls out, he just. Comes out with the brain and the goop. And,
1: yeah, he's been, he's eaten her brain and he yep. pulls out the last little bit of brain with her. With into him. his pants. Yep, straight in, back into the boxers. So
0: this was a, a contentious point, this scene in this movie. Uh-huh. So clearly, uh, the original theatrical release and the original home video releases um, deleted a lot of the gruesome stuff from this movie, including this whole fellatio gag. Uh, it, was, it was pulled. Okay. Um so we didn't get to see that until much later. Mm-hmm. I understand why they pulled it. To be honest, I think you could cut this down and just show enough to make it effective.
1: Yes, TNT would never play this.
0: It shows too much and not not because it not because it um makes the gag any less. Like you've seen so much of it that it now it makes the gag less impactful. Mm-hmm. It goes from being like holy shit to like oh gross yeah. to okay Oh, Why too am much. I still watching this? And then, it, then the end happens. If you cut it in half, mm-hmm. it's going to be just as effective and disgusting and disturbing. There's one um, or But two. the whole crew actually walked on this scene. Really? So they didn't want it. They refused to work on it um, on this scene. So ostensibly, there was only maybe a couple people there during this scene because the whole crew walked that day. They didn't want to do it.
1: That's... And you know that It says was too something. much for them.
0: And and there's a scene in Basket Case that the crew walked on, too. Mm-hmm. So he takes things very far, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. I, I can't say whether or not it should have necessarily been cut, etc. Like, I, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. But it was extremely effective and extremely gross. That's the way I'll put it. Yes. It was extremely graphic and extremely gross.
1: Yes. Um, and once Brian leaves the bar... Um we cut back to the apartment where the phone in Brian's bedroom is ringing. And Mike, who looks great in Tidy Whities, yeah. um, uh, answers the phone. And it's Barbara. And this is where he... We realize it's later the same night. Yeah, She's calling because she's worried about Brian. But he hasn't seen her. He, he hasn't seen Brian all night. No. He didn't know that they weren't still together. He has just no idea. This is where Brian arrives downstairs in the alleyway.
0: I thought this was there was I was this was unnecessary.
1: This is confusing. He's digging through the trash, which I'm kind of confused as to why he was digging through the trash.
0: I don't know either. That didn't make any sense. That he's just making noise. Sense. Yeah,
1: he's just making a bunch of noise and I wonder maybe he's paranoid and trying to see if anyone's like around, so if he makes a bunch of noise then they'll come bug him. That or
0: he's been tripping and he's trying to make maybe it's that he's trying to make the hallucinations come back. Maybe like making noise with things and stuff, so he takes his pants off, yep, Strips and out then of his underwear. takes his underwear off to his look pants back on. to see all the goopy blood in his underwear,
1: and he's like, "What the hell happened tonight?"
0: and I get that I just again, this is another thing where it's like this is not handled delicately nope. it's not handled like, and he's a little bit more finesse, which is something you're gonna get with Frank Lauder. Yep. he's gonna much like the blowjob scene, his gore it's 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 heightening on what um hershel gordon lewis was doing mm-hmm. and it, it, it's that's clear that that's what that's doing because mm-hmm. this is an era where we're hitting this indie film like super gonzo stuff and it works but sometimes i think this scene could have benefited from a little bit more subtlety because that is one of those scenes that goes on a little too long uh hmm like him having to take off the underwear and see the goop and blood in his pants like
1: and then and there's a much more efficient way to let us know that he doesn't know what just happened.
0: I mean, I honestly think he could have like f- scratched his crotch and like we could have seen the blood and
1: then, like what happened?
0: We could see the blood stain seep through, mm-hmm. and he could like look in his pants real quick and just be like, "Oh my God, what happened, mm-hmm. but this took an extra like two minutes.
1: But I will say, you know, you walking around with that kind of stuff squishing in the front of your pants, you just got to get it off. I couldn't. I walk see what you're talking a about, but in wet bathing suit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just
0: but movie logic wise, yeah, could have just gone a lot quicker.
1: Absolutely. This is. I when, don't have a lot of
0: squishy underwear issues to deal with. I guess it's uh,
1: no, you don't. You're not a woman. You don't know what it's oh, like. Jesus you don't Christ. Know me. Um, this is where a voice bellows from a dark, like a, a doorway, and. He starts explaining that he's making him strong. He's beating him human brains. And this and is learn, where we
0: meet again. That we yeah. learn that that uh, old grandpa exposition is not dead.
1: Morris is still kicking and he looks a little worse for the wear, but he's not, you know, horrific yet. Um, and we learn that Elmer belongs to the old man and this is when we get hit with some knowledge.
0: Oh yeah, so this is where Morris becomes grandpa exposition. Mm-hmm. He gives him so much history. So much backstory. Because it's clear, it seems that Morris is actually, I, I like to think he's probably like an a anthropology professor, yep. you know?
1: He's definitely an anthropologist. Yeah. He uh, lays down the old English definition, that it means the awe-inspiring famous one. He Aylmer. Yep.
0: This is where we really, this is where we clarify our Elmer Elmer thing.
1: Yes. And we get a full history lesson, Um, and after his history lesson of how old Elmer 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 is and the like the trajectory the life of elmer Mm -hmm. um all the people he goes back to crying and he wants elmer and it's he wants him
0: back he wants him back yeah so this is where they become fucking toddlers again
1: yes um and this is where so mike just like bolts and he goes home and uh he ignores mike who's asking about barbara
0: also to be fair morris is looking rough
1: Morris is looking pretty rough. So
0: as they as the it seems as people have to try to detox from this, they degrade really quickly.
1: Really harsh. Um so Brian starts packing up his shit and he's like we got to get out of here. Um he decides he has to be in control and um this is where we confirm that Mike is his brother and I was like wait, what? Okay.
0: Yeah, so what I thought was interesting too is that uh I made a note that Mike and Brian don't have a direct conversation with each other until about 43 minutes into the movie. Mm
1: -hmm. This is the first time they actually talk.
0: So Mike has talked to Barbara. Mm -hmm. Mike has talked and Brian. Barbara has talked to Brian and Brian has talked to Barbara. But at no point has Mike interacted with his brother. The
1: last conversation we know they had was him convincing Mike, Brian's convincing Mike to take his girlfriend out.
0: Exactly. So at this point, what we've what we've reached is the I've got to control my drug use slash mm-hmm. an intervention part mm-hmm. of the drug addiction. I gotta addiction go get movie.
1: myself cleaned up. I'm gonna take control. He packs up his army surplus. Duffel bag. And this is the halfway point. And he is leaving. He's going to yep. go face this. They're going to go face this together.
0: Enter the Sunshine Motel. And I love an ironically named movie hotel.
1: This is the one time we get <laughs> a little bit of daylight.
0: Like every gross hotel has to have a happy, bright name.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the dingiest, grungiest hotel rooms I think I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's, it's really disgusting. This
0: movie, I mean, this hotel room is a disease.
1: It is. Um, and it's kind of more hostile style because there's just a sink in the room. You don't have your own bathroom. Mm-hmm. Brian pops Elmer into the the sink, and and they
0: have this wonderfully played, uh, straight played blood in my underwear conversation. Yeah, <laughs> like it's what's weird is how serious this scene is, and it's between a guy and a happy talk, like a soft talking um, uh, cock and balls alien monster. Worm. Yeah.
1: I was really struck by Brian's line that was all I remember is finding something sticky in my pants and then finding them covered in blood and not my blood.
0: Yeah, I, it's like all of the dialogue is goofy as hell, but every one of the but the characters are the actors are playing it so straight and it really works. I thought it was great.
1: It really, really does. Um, Elmer admits that he killed the girl at the club, but Brian doesn't remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where Brian starts like protesting and realize he realizes that Elmer's been killing people. This is the first time that Brian he's having a revelation.
0: He's putting it together because the the whole time, and Elmer tells him this is that he's keeping him from the bad parts mm-hmm. and giving him just the good parts. Yep. So he's gonna worry about the bad parts, and then Brian only has to worry about the good parts. So at this point, Brian is like, fuck you, I'm mm-hmm. in control. I'm gonna detox. Yep. So this is where the detox happens. They
1: put each other to an ultimatum and it's, we're gonna see who cracks first. Brian needing the juice or Elmer needing your brain.
0: Yeah. And so this whole this whole detox sequence, it's this back and forth conversation about the juice and they want mm-hmm. my juice. Mm-hmm. And then he and he, he he knows he that Brian's gonna crack. Yep. Because, because they always do. He's ancient. He's yeah. gonna. He's gonna. Uh, he's been around for centuries. He he's knows how to deal with this. this. Happen it before. happens all the time. And I really desperately want to do a super cut of this scene and cut the whole thing to Lizzo. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about it because they said the juice so much.
1: So great. And they
0: said how much he needed the juice. Yep. And I just kept thinking about Lizzo the whole time.
1: I love it because this coming scene where he goes through withdrawals is so disgusting and visceral because. He like sweats like gunk. Like yeah, he and goes I I really it. and the
0: whole time the whole time Aylmer uh, is staying in one spot, just yep. watching. Yep,
1: he's just chilling. And in then the he sink. starts.
0: Uh, and he starts to. Um, so so he's got that. I thought this gag was really good too, where he was digging in his ear. Oh my god! And kept finding flakes and stuff.
1: Yeah, so he starts like itching in his ear, and this is this like pulling gunk out of your ear thing is a phobia of mine. Oh yeah. And so he just starts pulling and pulling. And you remember the ring? Yeah. It's very akin to pulling that Yanking shit out of his ear
0: and yanking shit out of his ear. The longest, bloodiest goop. And then his ear pops off.
1: And it's great. And And then his head starts gushing blood and he wakes up. And um, Elmer is just cackling because he knows that he's having withdrawal hallucinations. And one of my favorite
0: lines was ready to crawl across the floor and plead for my juice oh my god <laughs> and that so made me great. laugh really hard <laughs>
1: so great um so this, this is, is where, where
0: elmer starts singing
1: well yeah and brian is foaming i want to know that brian's foaming at the mouth and withdrawals and yep. this confirms this is just a stage of the withdrawals
0: right he's getting that out of his not system not cyanide poisoning yeah I See, that's why I thought they were dead immediately because you show me two people and they're filming at the mouth laying on the floor. They're dead. And
1: convulsing, holding weird, inanimate objects. I think it was, and it was intentional. It was, it was.
0: But so Elmer starts singing this song and this is one of the most effective things because it's Elmer singing this standard Mm -hmm. type song. The Elmer song. That's happy, yeah. Played against um, Brian pleading for a fix and Mm -hmm. it's super effective.
1: It is because as you know, this place is disgusting and he is like, face to grimy sink Mm -hmm. of please I need it so we've reached a point where you feel sorry for him
0: oh yeah and so at this point he's clearly gotten back to where he's like okay so I'm gonna get Mm -hmm. him somebody
1: he's happy to help but Brian has to feed him first yeah
0: so we're back in the game so this is one of the weirdest bits so
1: well we get a great fake out so Brian emerges (laughs) from the hotel room and he tries to key in
0: on how much we say the word so
1: (laughs) Um, he starts banging on all the neighboring doors and then this loudmouth biker dude with a really drugged up looking like twee guy come in.
0: Yeah, they come in and he's talking about the end of the world and stuff. It's
1: really bizarre.
0: It's a weird thing. It's just clearly a fucked up biker. He's drunk.
1: And it's a weird little fake out because we think that maybe we'll go after them because A, he seems terrible, but they lock the hotel hotel room right after themselves. And he it's uh, it's and Brian looks like
0: shit at this point.
1: Oh my God, he looks so horrible.
0: And so he ambles into the, the shower. Shore.
1: Yep, and this and is a, it's a shower room. It's so a it's, full shower room. Yeah, it's a
0: your standard old timey hostel kind of vibes. Mm-hmm.
1: This is where we see the largest bodybuilder.
0: Yeah, okay. One man. There's one person showering in here, <laughs> and he is jacked as fuck. Like oh, the dude is cut.
1: My God, he's
0: fully shaved his whole body except for I believe a mustache.
1: Yes, and he is just, he's the beefiest cake.
0: Now, we see, this is the first movie where we've, we have, the only nudity in this movie
1: mm-hmm.
0: doesn't happen for, until well into the movie.
1: And then we get two man butts back to back.
0: And it's just, and it's close up on dude butt, before we get any sort of boobs, which we do get coming soon. So this movie is hashtag woke.
1: Butt forward.
0: Yeah. Butt forward. Man butt forward is what this movie is. Yes. Um, I just thought, I did think that was interesting. But it, it's very strange. So they, they get this guy, this greased up bodybuilder guy.
1: Mm-hmm. So spray tan, And he has
0: this, he actually has a really great back and forth with Brian where he's like, hey buddy, are you all right? Yeah. Because Brian like, looks like looks like he's tweaked out of his he's mind. He's got
1: scabs all over his yeah, body. He
0: looks like he's detoxed from something. He
1: does. And this guy's like clearly trying to like calm him down. He'd be like, he's it's like, cool, man. It's cool, dude. Nothing's going to happen. Nobody's going to.
0: Yeah, no one's messing with you.
1: Nobody's going to mess with you. Because it's
0: clearly a bad part of town. And yep. that guy's just taking a shower.
1: Yeah. And you can't tell this could be, I mean, this is the And 80s. when you're that
0: jacked, you're either the aggressor or you're not. Like, sure. Like this guy's This guy's putting on this vibe of like, he's clearly super alpha, but like. He's this clearly is, the power bottom. This, yeah, this guy's clearly a, a not a bad guy. Yeah. He's clearly just, he's aware of the situation. He's like, you're fine. Just take a shower. Mm-hmm. And so you think that this guy's going to get murdered. So th- yeah. I thought this was another good and- fake out.
1: Brian is terrified. Because Brian thinks
0: it's going to happen too. And he's kind of scared of this guy, right? He is. However, it's really great that they make the viewer kind of feel almost bad about this guy getting killed. Mm -hmm. Um, And they give you enough time to be like, well, this weird buff guy is being really nice. He's letting this go on too long. Because it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of this awkward back and forth of Brian just staring at him. It is. And then he kind of walks out and he's like, it's all yours. And And then Brian now can't find Elmer.
1: Yeah, because after he, and I kind of love, I love the little like, there's like a flinch and then he crawls down his leg and I'm like, did Elmer just crawl out your butt hole? Basically. Yeah. Um. And so Brian's looking for Elmer and he's kind of paranoid at this point. And we see someone's feet sitting in a bathroom stall at the toilet.
0: Yeah, and I think it's that guy that went into the bathroom or went into that room with um, the biker guy. Possibly. I couldn't tell because they're basically wearing the same thing and they kind of resemble each other, mm-hmm. but there's no names. Yeah, I have However, no this idea. guy is calling out for someone named Lamont, which made me go, you know, you don't hear the name Lamont anymore.
1: No, you really don't. It's
0: a very like seventies, eighties name.
1: It really is. Um, we waste no time because Elmer goes straight for this dude's brains.
0: Oh yeah, man. So another person getting killed on the toilet. This happens a lot. In eighties yep. movies, because and that's it's such a it's a it's the it's the simplest form of vulnerability.
1: Mm-hmm. And the hissy fit that Brian throws while this is happening,
0: because blood is going everywhere. It is this is like the awesome. bloodiest scene in the movie.
1: So I'm pretty sure that they rigged a sprinkler. You yeah. know those little sprinklers that used to like spin around. Yeah, there's and, like,
0: someone. Walk? There's definitely someone in there with like a, a Hershey syrup bottle mm-hmm. splattering <laughs> it everywhere.
1: Um, and it. It was delightful the way this kid was like thrashing and kicking <laughs> yeah. under the door um and he it goes on for a really good while yeah the way, way, this blood way splatters. too long um later we get to see and it takes just a moment uh Brian's packed up and he's leaving the hotel room and he has somehow chained and bolted that bathroom door shut
0: yeah I don't know he, he, he's out of there and and we Pretty much just cut right back to the uh, his apartment.
1: Yeah, he goes home. He so we have crawls into bed.
0: Yep, and then we have um, we have Barbara and Mike come in. Oh, and my God! So Barbara, before we get into this next scene, which is, is weird, Barbara has a real Kathy vibe, like the cartoon <laughs> character, the comic strip. Like I'm waiting for her to say "ack." Mm -hmm. Like, she's got a real, like, I hate Mondays, Yep. I wish I had a man vibe. I feel
1: like, I know, and that's why I'm like, I feel like she's got a hard life working in an office where she's underappreciated.
0: Well, Mike did say one of the grossest things I've ever heard someone say to a person. Mm. Mike says to Barbara that she's a, quote, real special lady. Oh, my God. And I threw up in my (sighs) mouth, not a little, a lot. I
1: just dried up
0: yeah <laughs> entirely just my elmer went back inside my body
1: <laughs> everything below the waist just turned to sand
0: but apparently that's what she needed to uh, hear because she to this hear. is when we get barbara tits and she full-on like they have sex for a long time so she Cut assumes against- that
1: she's been dumped by yeah, brian because she has yeah she's effectively been dumped by him he ghosted her and he wakes up and he's just listening to, to Mike his brother and Barbara. Flocken. His brother
0: fucking his girlfriend he just broke up with. This is not weird at all. Nope. And um, then we
1: have a great visual gag that he so, really—they
0: really make him listen to it for a long time oh, too.
1: Yeah, he is tortured. Like they, they torture him with yes. listening to the two of them. And we have a good visual gag because he's laying on his back and something comically large grows between his legs.
0: Yeah, so this is a weird cut. I thought that was odd too. So he's listening to his brother and his ex girlfriend have sex, mm-hmm. and then you're like supposed to think he's getting hard from it.
1: Yep, but it's Elmer.
0: But you know it's Elmer. Yep, it's Elmer. It is a funny bit. Brian it's stupid. puts
1: Elmer behind his neck, and he gets juiced again. And then this is where um, we get another great hallucination. Moment in the bedroom because the ceiling, the popcorn ceiling, turns oh. into a night sky, yep. and he hallucinates joining Mike and Barbara, which is in, like, super disturbing. Barbara away, and then so
0: it's like the handoff, right? Yeah. And then and, and it's like
1: the tentacle suckers on his abdomen. Yeah,
0: because I was like, like as soon as it's super weird that you have to watch a guy listen to his brother have sex with his ex girlfriend, uh-huh. it gets weirder because then he's on it, he's tripping, and takes a girlfriend handoff from his brother. Mm-hmm. They
1: pass the baton. And
0: then, when you think that doesn't get weird enough, they show that all of a sudden he's got different sizes like various sized buttholes all over his body. Yep,
1: he's got suckers <laughs> all butt over. butthole sucker, like, yep. like anuses. Just a variety of little suckers on his abdomen. And then he bites and eats through her skull. Yeah,
0: he rips into bar, And then he sort of and wakes And then he kind of like wakes up. So
1: And then... He apparently walks out because this is where we yeah. wake up. Barbara wakes up with Brian standing over a naked Barbara and Mike. And Mike. And, and, in the living room because and, this is a one-bedroom apartment in New York.
0: And their response is, holy shit, yeah. Brian, we didn't know you were here. But they're not, like, concerned for that. They're just like, hey, are you okay?
1: We haven't seen you in forever.
0: Yeah, and Brian's totally fine.
1: We've been worried about you. Because and he Brian basically says
0: that he needs space. They have needs to be space. gone when he yeah. gets back.
1: He's hungry again. He needs his brains and I need juice. He's, I tried to fight him, but I can't. Yeah.
0: They basically, he basically tells him, look, I am i can't deal with this thing. It's killing people. I can't deal mm-hmm. with people getting killed. And he doesn't want it to be them. It's cryptic, but at the same time, it's pretty clear that whatever, that they are in danger and need to go. Yes. So Brian leaves mm-hmm. and Barbara's a dumbass.
1: Yep. Brian busts out the door, leaves the door open, runs down the hall, and Barbara follows. He yells at her not to follow, but she just she, she follows, follows anyway. And
0: this whole train, then they they end up on the subway, mm-hmm. and this whole subway sequence is great.
1: Oh my god, it was really great visual storytelling with him ducking behind the pillar. Yep, and I think he gets juice, and he is tripping balls.
0: And he gets on the train, and Barbara follows, and Barbara goes right up to him. Yeah, and she
1: just goes and sits right down next I to him. I thought this
0: was super cool and super ahead of its time. Every time Barbara turns away from Brian mm-hmm. and Brian looks over to Barbara, you get a flash of a, where they clearly sell animated um, Elmer. Elmer snap out of Brian's mouth mm-hmm. and he opens it like he's going to snap at Barbara. Yes. And then pop back in when Barbara looks the other way. And it is – it's cut with – um, like flashing, like flickering mm-hmm. lights from the subway. This the is subway, cool.
1: The, in the 80s, the subway was terrible and the lights <laughs> flickered. Well, and it's it allowed for people being, uh, you know, yeah. grabby and grabby. that kind of thing.
0: But I thought this was super cool, was man. so it, effective. It's such a good, it's a great scene. Um, it,
1: rem- it gave me this like childlike um, vindictiveness from Elmer because it was almost like a kid flipping off or sticking their tongue out to the back of yeah. someone as they walk away. Like every time you look away, I'm like, mm, yes, with my tongue. And or,
0: but it, it like, it looked so good. And, and we get a really funny reference that you don't get. Cause you haven't seen basket case. That's the guy from basket case with the basket. So a guy comes in and sits down basket. and it is the guy with a padlock basket. It's literally the main character from basket case mm-hmm. with the, the other character from basket case. They sit down, which means that these movies both happen in the same universe, which mm-hmm. is fun.
1: At the same time, at
0: the probably at the same time, yes, at the same time, um, that there's a that there's supposed to be an overlap, and that is a lot of fun. And that, I, I thought that, that was a really cool little little thing. Um,
1: I really love that because as these others board the train, it kind of gives you this like heightened sense of like, well, is he going to kill her? Is yeah. he going to kill them? Are they going to? But. As she kisses him and gurgles and Elmer gets her. Yeah. Elmer pops out
0: and no one notices. They just think that they're making out and that it's gross. It's very in New York sort of Like
1: annoyed at their PDA. People are annoyed at their PDA.
0: And so she's dead as fuck.
1: He lays her down and then steps away, wiping his mouth and just like backs off the train. And this is where you see a guy on the train is reading a newspaper that reads killer on the loose in the city.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I know that's pretty funny, but it, and I, no
1: one really notices that Barbara is dead. They're just like she's just laying there now. It's New York. No one cares.
0: It's 80s in New York. Um so here's my thing. Let's let's have a little we need to talk about Barbara here at the end. She's an idiot. This character Barbara's is dumb. So dumb. This character the the problem is I don't feel sorry for Barbara. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because at this point Barbara has now done this to herself Mm -hmm. and your character you're you're guiding a character to a place where she's responsible for her own death right so it's hard to martyr that character you feel more bad for Brian than you do for Barbara
1: because he didn't want to kill her and he was almost at peace with the fact based on the scene prior to this Mm -hmm. that he was kind of like well she's in a better place she's with Mike I have to protect the two of them by running away right And he's already lost control. It's not him anymore.
0: And that's just, it's just, it's bad writing on the part of Barbara. And I think Mm -hmm. it's the, I think it's the problem with it is, clearly, Frank Hennenlotter is a a exploitation filmmaker who is writing a female character in the 80s. It doesn't work very well. I think that, uh, I don't think he tried to make it that way, but Mm -hmm. Barbara is just, I think Barbara is the weakest link in this whole movie. And it's unfortunate. It is. But it doesn't take my uh, my appreciation of the movie it doesn't take away from that. It's fun. It is what it is. It's a time period thing. Mm-hmm. It is a total But time it's period frustrating thing. from it a is. modern standpoint.
1: It is. She could have been a lot better, but mm-hmm.
0: because she gets my useless character of the week. Yeah, there's sort of there's award. so much room for improvement.
1: Yeah. Um, we cut back to Brian ra- ra- rifling through the trash back uh, downstairs at the apartment again. Yeah,
0: we speed to the end of the movie at this point.
1: Things pick up real quick. If you thought the first act of the movie was fast, the third yeah. act is just lightning quick. So
0: we immediately get hit with the gross old couple again. Yep, I love now the, they're real disgusting.
1: Well, he's anticipating them. So yeah. he's like frustrated. He chunks a trash can lid at the door where he was yeah. before. Um, and then they show up. And I'm like, okay. Because he's throwing away the bloody sweater he has, yeah. that has Barbara's blood all over it.
0: And screaming Martha, man.
1: Martha, Martha, Martha. Um who the old couple who comes in and hold Brian at gunpoint. And I don't really understand why they have a gun at this point or like where they got it, but they are so withdrawn. Yeah. And I mean, if you thought that Brian looked bad in the hotel room, these people have been cleaned for two months. They're not okay. I mean,
0: they look like their skin is falling off. They look fully like zombies. And you know what's funny? That gun he has in this is very old. Mm-hmm. It's like a World War II era sort of Mauser kind of thing almost. It's a, no, like it's a not. Artifact. It's like a. It's like a. Oh, it's like a Walther. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's super old timey, and it makes me wonder if that's part of his character being the anthropologist. Mm-hmm. You know, clearly mm-hmm. being this sort of traveled mm-hmm. collector of oddities has yes. this old antique gun.
1: Yes. So they shoot at a random neighbor. Um yeah, who's
0: like, "Hey, what are you doing out they here?" They
1: hold up Brian and she starts pounding him down and she grabs a hold of Elmer.
0: She's toddlering out.
1: Oh my god, she's cherishing him. And then like you expect Elmer just straight up Yeah, eats Elmer's brain. like,
0: "I'm fucking tired of you people. I already ran away from you, yeah. so I'm I've got Brian. I don't need you."
1: Yeah, fuck you, Martha. So he
0: eats her brain and Martha's dead. And then he immediately jumps into eating mm-hmm. uh, Morris's brain, and
1: Morris and him has a great like little struggle yeah. where you know like a slither struggle. Yeah, um, they have a little
0: fight because Morris gets Morris gets a little bit of he he deserves a fight at and this point. For
1: once, he doesn't go straight through the forehead; he goes through the temple, which is the way to do it.
0: Yeah, right. It's softer there. If
1: we're being honest. Um, So he finally gets efficient and goes to the temple and Brian's just watching.
0: Yeah, Brian's fucked up and watching. He's in shock at this point. Mm
1: -hmm. He wants to go, but Elmer isn't finished. And Um,
0: yeah, Elmer's not done. He says, you know, he's not finished yet and he makes him leave anyway.
1: mm -hmm. He, Brian did grab the gun. So the gun went skidding across the ground when he was fighting with Morris. Yeah. And Brian tucks it into his, uh, the pants, like his, uh, the waist of his pants.
0: And he picks up um, he picks up Elmer to put him on the back of his neck because mm-hmm. he wants to juice up again.
1: Mm-hmm. But the old man wakes up because and he,
0: apparently, if Elmer doesn't completely finish eating, apparently you can still function if Elmer only eats a little well, bit of your. Well, maybe
1: that's why he starts with the frontal lobe and works his way to from back. like the like the communication and emotional yeah. regions so, to the back to like the functional areas. <laughs> so
0: essentially, the old man now with half a brain mm-hmm. gets up and goes in for one of my favorite things: oh, the oh revenge squeeze.
1: He squeezes the fuck out of elmer well, to he's the point where he essentially to brian. overdoses brian he juices him so hard i've never i mean he just like everything he's got yeah comes out on brian's brain and elmer wretches and he's like quivering on the ground and i don't know if um so th- the old man morris dies but i can't tell does elmer die here well he
0: squeezed elmer really hard and like What's funny is that you can just squeeze this thing and kill it. That's all it theoretically. um, Theoretically.
1: But he gets here with his juice. Yeah, well,
0: see, the thing is, he squeezed, like, all the juice out of Elmer sure. into Brian. Yeah. And then Elmer's on the ground. I was waiting for someone to stomp it. I know. I was hoping. I was kind of hoping there'd be, would. like, a squishy stomp.
1: But you got to leave that door open.
0: Yeah. So, Brian runs home.
1: Mm-hmm. Brian.
0: He's got the gun. His
1: skull literally starts leaking blue juice.
0: He's got a big it old unicorn and, like, horn on bulges his head
1: and it, it like looks like it's going to explode. And he screams. I was kind
0: of expecting like another uh, Elmer to pop out.
1: I know. I was kind of hoping like maybe like a baby Elmer would like pop out of his yeah. skull. But
0: Mike sees it and Mike's like, what the fuck is yep, going on?
1: So he starts to try to call someone. Um, he's in the kitchen um, and there's a banging at the door. He thinks that it's Barbara and it's Brian with the the bulge on his head and it's grown.
0: Yeah, it's a big old goiter.
1: He added way too much yeast. <laughs> it is growing exponentially.
0: It's his mother.
1: It is his mother. Um and so he like runs into the bedroom and he pulls the gun out and he holds it to like this like he debates how he wants to kill himself. So he like yeah. holds it to his head and then he moves it to his unicorn nub.
0: Yeah, he's gonna shoot it right in the nub.
1: Right in the nub. And
0: we cut to the outside where there's a bunch of people yep. standing around telling a cop essentially like some weird shit's going on. The well, guy who so, got shot at's yelling. Yep.
1: The the woman who um had her bathtub inspected is yes, downstairs. She's there. there. The whole the whole All crew's the there. Yeah, everybody the whole apartment in this building, building is downstairs. They clearly called the cops. Yeah. And then this is once he like gets out of the car, we hear a gunshot. gunshot, and then lights like there is a light show emitting from Brian's head, so window. they
0: run up and burst into the room. Yep.
1: Mike and cops burst in, and there is a giant hole, like Brian's head has a sunroof,
0: yes, there's a giant hole in Brian's head, and it is emitting crazy light,
1: yep. Light, electricity. Wind is blowing. It is insane. The the big bang is happening yeah. in his skull. And, and then cut to credits. That's it. The end.
0: Okay. So the only thing I didn't really like about this movie other than the underdeveloped female character mm-hmm. is the ending. I was like, what? And the ending disappointed me.
1: I was like, is, did he, is he dead? Is he enlightened? Is he... Like, I'm
0: cool with it, but um, the ending disappoints. Yeah. It's the only negative to this movie. That and then you know the couple of overdone gruesome scenes, but all in all, I I really enjoyed this movie. It's a lot of fun. I like it a lot.
1: It's a wild ride. You kind of come off of it feeling like, um,
0: it's super gross, but it's also not that bad.
1: Yeah, but it's a but it is that bad
0: sometimes. Yeah, it's a it's a roller coaster. This movie. Yeah. And to be honest, um, I just I really enjoy. I enjoyed it every minute of it even the really uncomfortable ones Mm
1: -hmm. it's fun
0: so on a scale of i don't know let's just say one to ten uh you know goopy pulsating brain meatballs Mm -hmm. brain balls what do you give this movie man
1: i i really enjoyed i thought this was a lot of fun and i'm gonna give it six brain balls
0: i give this movie seven so we're right there on the same page. Yeah, It's a lot of fun. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's well done. It's yep. well executed with the exception of some of the things that we've already pointed out. Yep. Some of it is editing. Yep. Um, also, I'm interested to see what... Because the cut we watch has everything in it. It does. So I wonder what the theatrical did. I'm assuming Frank Henenlotter did this secondary cut. Sure. Um, a couple of interesting things I read about it, too, is that he he refutes the idea that he, that there was a scene where Brian got his lip split. Mm -hmm. He says he like more recently, Fred Kenilater said that he had them give him a busted lip because he was quote, too fucking pretty.
1: He is really pretty. He's
0: a very, he's definitely, you can tell he's going to be a soap opera actor and he's very good in this movie.
1: He is. He's great. He's, he does a great job of being normal and maniacal and
0: vulnerable and, and high uh, as yeah.
1: balls. Um, and I I feel for him and um, I feel for him in my loins, you know, like I, I think that's important to note.
0: <laughs> I feel for him in a sexually con- <laughs> con- like conflicting and also comforting way.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. And. and- so I really enjoyed it, but I do think the only the only real detractor, other than the things we talked about, was the end of the movie. is just a little bit. It's a little bit one of those things like a like a bad sketch. It's hard to end a bit.
1: It's real hard to end a bit. It, it left you wanting just a tiny bit more. I
0: wonder if I, I do wonder if he had planned a series of these because he definitely had Basket Case two and three.
1: And there are a few things such as not necessarily knowing if Elmer or Brian are dead.
0: Yeah, you don't really know what happened there.
1: Um, You don't really know what's up with... Mike, you also don't know if there's more than one Elmer in the world,
0: yeah, is this the only one? is they have they been going for centuries, or did mm-hmm. they breed? How does this work?
1: Mm-hmm. Did he juice and now Elmer's brain? I mean, uh, Brian is going to turn into the next Elmer. Yeah, is this one of those situations
0: it's It's ripe for some sort of sequel. Mm-hmm. It's also ripe for a reboot.
1: I think it'd be great to remake this
0: in fact, we're gonna do a little bonus episode for you guys um that's probably gonna come out tomorrow. Uh, where we're gonna do a um, a fantasy casting. We're gonna cast. Oh, yeah. We're gonna cast a reboot and do a little mini episode because uh, we didn't have a second one last week. And I think we're just gonna start doing that from now on when we got a little thing we can do it for. Mm-hmm. So look out for that. Let's let's talk um, the couples part. At what point in a relationship would you recommend watching this movie with your significant other?
1: Well, I think that you need to be pretty sexually comfortable with your partner before you watch this particular film, um, especially if you're watching this cut of it. And you're not watching, you know, a, a cut for TV.
0: There's a lot of psychosexuality going on in this movie.
1: Yeah, you need to be a little bit more secure in your relationship. I think so. I'm going to say that you should watch this movie after that you've been together for the first year.
0: This is yeah, you're totally right. This is a year-in movie because it's. It's gross. Mm-hmm. It is very sexual. But mm-hmm. it's very um, it's very sexual in a way that just it gets in your head it's sexual.
1: Yeah. You need to have already It's disgusting. Had, well, so here's the thing. You need to have already had the conversation with your partner of like, don't push my head or <laughs> do push my head. Yeah. Kind of Whether thing. or
0: not you guys are into deep throating in that you way. You need
1: to know how sensitive your gag reflex is. <laughs> yeah. You, um, you need
0: to be that comfortable with your partner to you watch Have you seen
1: this your partner's butthole? <laughs> okay, um, that's a good barometer. Of I'd if say you should this watch is a, this, movie. this is yeah
0: this is definitely an I've seen my partner's butthole movie. Yeah, it's yeah. it's out there and it's all it's all out on the line. Mm-hmm. There's it's also a lot of fun. This is also a, f- a fun movie to watch with a group of people. It is um, mostly because there's so many little gross out gags mm-hmm. that really tell you a lot about other people. Mm-hmm. I think you can learn a lot from other people by watching horror movies with them, particularly goofy or yes. goofier or gross ones. Yes. Um, I know that when I would go see horror movies with my friends uh, growing up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm the guy that laughs really hard at the most disturbing things. Mm-hmm. So like my reaction to an extremely gross, like in a Saw movie when something really gross happens and the audience groans – I have my reaction is to laugh really hard at it. Because it's
1: ridiculous that that thing happened. Yes. Yeah. So
0: that's my mechanism. Sure. And it is a, it is not intentional is what happens. Mm -hmm. Like it's so crazy that this person's head got squished that I just start laughing Mm -hmm. because it's insane. Yes. So you really get to know about a person's character by watching some of this disturbing stuff with Mm -hmm. them. And if they don't like it, that's okay. Yeah. I think the other interesting thing about a movie like this is that if it does disturb your partner, it's okay because it's disturbing. Yes, and so it's
1: a, I think it's also a great um, psychotic test in that. Psychotic test. Like uh, if your partner is completely unfazed and unbothered <laughs> by this movie, they Ask might... Ask more questions. Yeah, you, you might want to learn more about their family medical history. Yeah, right. Um, but
0: I, I do genuinely think that this is a movie that you could dip your toe into gross with it. Yes. Because it's gross and it's way over the top and intense and at mm-hmm. points. But it doesn't go so like the scene with the the the, the, the blowjob scene. Something about it that strikes me is, it's a consensual blowjob.
1: It is. It was right. Sh- he it's not a. It's it. not
0: really a rape scene. Nope. But it is disturbing and disgusting. It yes. is an assault. Yes. You know what I mean. It's a murder. It's a it's homicide. Gone too far. Um, but the way it's framed mm-hmm. is very porny. Yes. But. It also is not like
1: But it's also porn parody.
0: Yeah, in a way. It's just so gross. So I think like if you want to dip your toe into super gonzo disturbing gore gross-out movies, mm-hmm. this is a great way to start because it's not that bad.
1: No, it's it's gross but it's not grotesque. And yeah. it's um Yeah,
0: I'll say I'll give it that for sure.
1: Cuz it, it is over the top, but they put a little bit of tongue in cheek it is a little bit funny yeah at least he's blue he could be natural flesh colored
0: yeah that would have been even more disturbing
1: right like there's a lot of ways to have played this
0: so as far as your significant other goes I think this yeah you're right the the consensus is this is a this is about a year into your relationship and you want to experiment with Mm -hmm. how far the other person can take it Mm -hmm. you want to just really dip your toe in the water yes this Um, is
1: also a good film of like Um, it's been a while since we've been been out in public. And so, like, if you need a little bit of, like, poking at somebody, Barbara's a good person to be like, oh, my God, you idiot. Oh, yeah. She's a great person Um, to put your frustration
0: on because she is dumb in this movie.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't suggest for mental health reasons to, like, pick on other people and, like, find, you know, negatives in other people. But I think that it can be cathartic. And I think that it can be great in a relationship to, like, find a common ground. And this is a good movie to find some common ground on yeah. whether you love it or you hate it. Got
0: to find your Kathy.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you could report this one to the manager, but it's definitely <laughs> worth getting off the blockbuster shelf. 100%. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Well, I enjoyed this. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, and like I said, stay tuned because we're going to put out a little side up that we're going to do for you. And, uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. If you guys have any, uh, questions that you want to ask us about, uh, relating to any of these horror movies in your relationship, if you want to, uh, just follow and see what we're coming out with next or what's been done that you might've missed and catch up on things. You can follow us, uh, on Instagram at the B pod and on Twitter at betrothed and you can shoot us a message at b.trothed at gmail.com that's bt T R O T H E D at gmail.com uh please send us uh your your thoughts you know what i mean let mm-hmm. us know if anything you'd like us to do if there's any movies you'd like to see us do on here mm-hmm. uh, if you have suggestions let us know and like i said if you have i'd love to field some relationshipy questions that relate to uh to horror movies whether it's you know you you're the person who loves horror movies and you're introducing them or the other way around. Mm-hmm. You've been forced through this quarantine to listen to this podcast and follow along mm-hmm. with, uh, with your significant other. If you want to know how to deal with that, let us know. I'd love to explore some of that.
1: I've got you. Um, we're going to chat about it.
0: Otherwise you can follow me on all the things that I am Chris Hayden.
1: I am 2K. Uh,
0: and until next time,
1: fuck off and die. Fuck off and
0: die.